Hello everyone, my name is Maciej Nowak and welcome to another episode of Awesome to Know podcast. My today's guest is Jacob Trost, a full-stack developer at Great. We talk about his journey from building websites to building product and about the details of full-site editing in WordPress. We also discuss recent WordCamp Netherlands and what AI can bring to the development of websites. Please enjoy my conversation with Jacob. Hey everyone, it's good to have you here. We're glad you decided to tune in for this episode of the Awesome to Know podcast. Hello everyone, um, we are recording uh, another episode of Awesome to Know podcast. Today with me is uh, Jacob Trost. Hello Jacob. Hello, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you, you, you accepted the invite, so I'm, I'm really happy we can talk. Jacob is a developer at Great, and maybe for starters, can you uh, introduce yourself to our audience and to our listeners so they know you a little bit better? Yes, of course. Um, yeah, I'm Jacob. Um, I'm a developer at the company Great. We are based in Munich, and I'm currently living in Munich as well. Yeah, I've uh, studied, I actually studied design first and then became a developer during university and yeah, never look back and I, I am a developer right now, but I have like the design background and I sometimes do like concepts and stuff or, or yeah, discussing things with the team. But um, as of today, I'm a full stack web developer and yeah, handling a lot of things around WordPress and the blog editor and things like that. And yeah, we develop a product ourselves as a company and that's that's what I'm currently working on and we're yeah really excited for the current state of WordPress and what there's a lot to change in our opinion. All right that's interesting so we will dig into that. Um, all right so um, you've been a freelance developer started as a designer and now you are working at a product company so what are you trying to solve with your product? Oh, we're trying to solve. So in the in the first place, our idea was, or we saw the the WordPress environment like a couple of years ago, um, where it was really separated into different third-party solutions to basically get a premium, good-looking website that you can actually edit yourself as a marketing um, marketing guy from a bigger company or like a non-tech guy. There were like solutions like Elementor, DV, but they're all third-party solutions um, and they're really different in some kind of way and the actual core experience of WordPress was not that great. It was not visually editable and there were widgets, the customizer, menu editing interface and a lot of different stuff where it wasn't really possible to get like, yeah, how are you editing a website actually? It was really fragmented. And that's where we first started in trying to develop a, a solution that was based on the core to um, yeah get get everything inside your WordPress that makes you your, makes your web website editable. And what enabled us to do that was the block editor itself. So the block editor came around like a couple of years ago, was not fully ready and was not really loved loved in the community to be honest, and not not by us as well. So um, yeah, but we saw the opportunity to yeah have a core principle to make your website visually editable and to build really professional websites because that's what the core editor kind of lacks as of today. And we are focusing on not having a website as like a one once a product that you build once and then you start from scratch the next time around, 
but as a complex thing that evolves with time and everything is pretty much dynamic and to separate um, design and content from each other to yeah have more dynamic processes behind that and that is like what we're trying to solve and we think we solved it and we're but um, there's still a lot of work to do oh there's always work to do because the blog editor is evolving and so is our solution because the end of the day we don't want to yeah build a custom solution we just wanted to build something on top of the core editor mm -hmm, okay and how are you looking at this because you were working as a freelance developer for some time and now inside the product company how is it changing for you because from working from project to project now we are building something that is lasting longer than you know a given project time Yes, actually, actually, really exciting to be honest. Um, because yeah, when I was a freelancer, I yeah had some typical things to do. For example, having a little plugin, implementing a little plugin, or yeah, building a, cust a, a um, custom query to have like some kind of search um, functionality that the customer wants, or yeah, completely developing or building websites based on Elementor or DV or whatever the customer actually provided. I was not usually the 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 one to decide which tool to to use and that was yeah how you like just like you said it was not really lasting long it was just like some little implementation and now we're actually or i'm actually able we're actually able to build something bigger and to kind of fix some problems we see or some issues we're having on at the core not at the core of wordpress yeah we're trying to do that as well contributing to wordpress um, but that's a slow process, we come, might come to that later. Um, but actually building a product that solves some problems at the core of the solution to have like some things that we think are missing, um, implementing as a core feature of our, of our product and to really shape that product into something that looks and feels nice and feels like one experience that is uh, not separated and fragmented into very different steps and different UIs as well like Elementor, for example, does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so what lies at the core of the problem that you're trying to solve? Because um, the block editor came was released, it wasn't um, at the very beginning so great, but this is the time you were you, you, you were joining the company or, or, or the grade your your company started to produce or, or code your the, the platform and what lies at the core of the problem? What was the inspiration to start great? That there was just so much missing. There was so much missing from the core. There was so much, like for example, there are great ideas and great blocks. For example, take patterns. Patterns are a great thing. And um, thinking like a couple of years back, we wouldn't know that patterns are such a big part of WordPress today. And they are actually really, really great. But um, if you insert a pattern, and then later on update that pattern, that content you already inserted into your page doesn't change. The pattern actually imported into the, in the page it stays the same. So to update that, actually that block of designs and layouts, you have to re-import the pattern and then retype your contents or manually update the contents. So for example, this is just an example and that was something we thought that was actually missing to have like something kind of dynamic inside WordPress and not only when it comes to WordPress 
um, core templates, like for example, a single template or an archive template, which are of course um, dynamic in some kind of way because they always display the current title of the post, the current featured image and everything. But not only do that with core templates, but to do that with basically every little part of your website. What about if you have like some small box that displays a headline and an image and a text and maybe a button? Um, if you could make that resource dynamic so it automatically adjusts to everything you want to import later or do want to insert later, like your contents from the newest blog post, for example, or manually typed content, but you also want to be able to reuse that little boxy asset on different websites and make it automatically adjust to your design. And that is like one of the things we thought that was really lacking to having content and assets made dynamic. And, and that was one of the core ideas we had where we're like, there's so much missing. There was so much that can be done quite a lot better. And that's just an example. There are a lot of different blocks that are missing and features to really build professional websites um, yeah, that have a lot of content and a lot of uh, infrastructure that needs to be built and needs to be uh, displayed in the front-end UI as well. So yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that enti um, entirely answers your question, but that's like one of the things we just, yeah, we just saw there was so much missing. Yeah, sure. So this, the, this is a great starting point. And um... Whenever I say great, I, I I worry that our listeners will not know if I'm just excited or or I'm quoting the name of your company because this is G R E Y D, right? So it's it's the same case with awesome when when oh, uh, you know awesome is O S O M and and this is also the wing to the um, to the industry and I wanted to um, ask you like building. A product company around missing features, in my opinion, is it's it's a little bit tricky and dangerous because, for example, uh, you know, great case, you know, uh, companies that are building their products relying on Twitter API, and then they are the the API got blocked or they are banned from 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 using the API, and the whole business is shutting down. Similar case, Elementor uh, block editor. Um, Gutenberg um, was released, and this is eating their business heavily. And how how are you looking at this? Aren't you a little bit worried that what you are building might be replaced by native implementation inside uh, WordPress Core, for example? That is a very good question, um, and that is a question we are, of course, tackling ourselves. So, um, to give you a better understanding, so first of all, we are at the core or at our hearts we just want to make WordPress better and we don't want to make it better because we think we can build it uh, or our a way to edit it is better than the core way or something we just want to make the experience more rounded and give the users all the tool he needs so what that means is we don't and that was one thing I was tackling early on we don't want to be a custom solution and um, we don't want that we always want to have the most core user experience that you can have. To give you an example, we uh, in the past, before full set editing uh, came around, and actually still as of today, because our full set editing version is still in, in the beta phase, our customers are trying it right now, 
Um, we had a solution to, I mean, full set editing, just to explain it a little bit, full set editing enables you to, for example, have a global style system where you can update all your color, your color palette of your entire website from one point globally and to have the yeah, templates, the single template archive templates I've talked about um, editable. That's basically what full set editing does. There's a little bit more, but that's the basic thing. And we had a feature for that as well. We used the customizer to do all the global styles, and we actually generated, we actually technically pre did pretty much something really similar to the core. We generated CSS variables. It's not a that crazy of a solution. It's just what we did. And also for templates, we added the post type that's what's called dynamic templates, or still is called dynamic templates, that lets you edit um, single templates, archive templates, and everything. So. What I'm trying to say, we had a solution that the core um, now provides as well, but it was just not providing like years ago or actually last year, as of last year. Um, but there was a need to, to be able to do that because our customer and, and de customers demanded it kind of. And we saw the need that, yeah, if you want to really build a dynamic website yourself and want to be able to edit everything yourself, yeah, you need to be able to edit that. So. What we're doing right now is removing our old solution and actually stepping on and moving to full-set editing and implementing the solution that WordPress built because that's what our philosophy is. We don't want to be a customer solution. We kind of have to at some point, yes. Um, but as soon as the core comes around, we always try to update everything. Yeah, of course, we have to make it some kind of backward comp compatible for our customers to migrate the website to the new version. Um, but as soon as the core comes around we want to use that and that um, is what our philosophy is but that leaves yeah like you said a lot of problems or there is a high possibility that a lot of our features as of today will be implemented into the core at some point there is a high possibility for that and that is what we are aware of and that's but we see it not as not as something that um that yeah removes our solution or yet um, gives us a problem, we see it as a chance because we can, as of today, give our customers an experience based on the most modern core principles, like the block editor and the full set editing, that can actually use those features as of today to build really complex professional websites, which they usually cannot because they're just some features missing, as I've told you. Um, and as soon as the core comes around, we give them a solution to migrate to the new features. So we see us and it's kind of like a, yeah, like a little bit of a leader or one or two steps ahead of the core to give our customers the core experience as of today and make them, yeah, building their websites based on the core. Because the problem is if you build on an entire custom solution, um, for example, like Elementor, then at some point, like if the API Elementor is built on is removed, I'm not believing it is, but if the customer wants to switch to the core experience, most of their contents has to be rebuilt entirely. They have to rebuild the website. If they're doing it with us, of course, there's something that we provide as a third-party solution. Yes, we are also a third-party solution, but um, the difference is we are building so heavily on core principles that basically 80% of your website is still functioning as you expect. Of course, there are some style sheets and um, scripts for missing from our solution. Yes, obviously there is. Um, but you can reuse your content and you don't have to entirely rebuild your website. So you're not as dependent on us as you are when you build a website in a, with Elementor. And that was one of the things we saw was really a problem with WordPress because to build like some kind of website in the past that has complex stuff in it and 
needs to be edited visually, you have to use a third-party solution, and that makes you highly dependent on that solution. That is a bad thing for larger companies, for example. And yeah, and we're trying to tackle that issue. But yeah, we are right now we are more focused on building more more complex and more advanced features and those core things that we think that are missing. We think we're at a point where we build ev pretty much everything a customer needs to build a basic professional website. And now we're focusing more on the more advanced stuff, advanced stuff, how to manage hundreds of websites at once, how to distribute your content to hundreds of websites on completely different servers at once, how to manage those assets I've talked, I've talked about, how to manage them and synchronize them across different websites. So we're stepping into the process of, yeah, building more complex features and focusing on that. So yeah, we are, we're, we're a leader, we're one, two, one, or we want to be one or two steps ahead of the core, but also focusing on more advanced features as well. So you, you are saying that what you already have is letting your customers do what they cannot do with the core yet, but this might come into the into the core. So my question is, why not reverse the direction and why not incorporate the part of the code that you have cre created into the core? So I'm not saying you do the uh, you know pro bono work, but uh, but isn't it and so. My question is, I guess, is, is like, how fast your work can be recreated into the core? What time frame are we looking at before you have to do something else to in order to incorporate it back? Because I'm seeing this as I'm doing a, like um, work that will let me sustain for a half a year and then it gets created into the like released into the core and then I have to rework this back so scratch everything and to use what i created previously but from the core um yeah to to kind of I, I think i get the question so um what time frame are we talking about of course it would be nicer um for me as a developer to just implement those functions into the core and then just don't have to worry about compatibility later on and moving to that but that's actually kind of a slow process and not that easy and obviously it, it shouldn't be fast and really easy because then the valuable discussion around those features is not happening or not has on is not having the same quality it, it needs to have right now so um yeah we're trying to uh and work with the core team we're, we're we're struggling a little bit with getting started and everything uh, we went to some meetings and uh, discussions we have to look at a lot of stuff and talk to some people but we're still kind of new and obviously we still have to earn some money so we have to try to focus on features we're we're actually earning money on obviously but yeah apart from that i think those features were like um you're ahead of the core but the core will implement that, them at some point those are just like I think they're kind of smaller features. For example, a good uh, to give you an example, um, what we're talking about. For example, now the core has margin and padding controls in a lot of the blocks, um, for example. But it didn't, didn't, it hasn't had them for like a couple of months. It, it came with the one of the latest Gutenberg updates, and it's slowly coming to the other blocks. And we implemented an API or a solution that let you enable and lets you um, edit margins. Um, on every block you wanted and paddings on every block you wanted and everything like that so but those are just minor features in our in our um thought process or what you need to do 
but um, we think the core or what we're um, when we're listening to the discussions that are happening on the core, the core wants to give you like a basic set of blocks to build a basic website, but to have like more dynamic things, animations and blocks that are having advanced functionality, that is probably nothing the core really wants to do. Um, so when you come to those advanced features, there's what your value really is. So on the one hand, we having those features that the people demand kind of like margin controls, padding controls and some more advanced blocks. But we also having like the advanced functionality that in our opinion will never be built into the core because yeah, it's usually plugin territory and we have like more advanced blocks. I think, I hope that kind of answers your question. Um, so those are like minor features that the core will implement, but in our view, in our eyes, to really build professional website, there are still some um, advanced features missing that the core probably will not implement or a lot mm -hmm, differently, okay. like a lot different and with a lot less features and options. And you, touched on, you touched on an interesting topic. So you said that you are working with a core team, right? So I wonder how is it, how does it look like to work with WordPress core team and what do you struggle with or maybe what are great, uh, like great things um, in working with them? Yeah, always when you say great, I'm always thinking of the company as well. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, we as a, so as of today, we as a company are not contributing in form of code. We are contributing and um, we talk to a lot of people from WordPress and we've just started, kind of started as a product. I mean, we were still kind of new. We actually just launched our, our product uh, in October, October or November last year. Um, so we are like maybe our first birthday right around uh, the corner. Um, but we're still, we're as of today, not contributing um, when it comes to code. We've been to some uh, meetings from the core team where like they discuss some issues that are occurring and things like that. We talked to some people how we can uh, contribute uh, to the core development actually. So what we right now starting is um, taking a part in discussions because we have, yeah, we, like I told you, we implemented features that the core wants to implement at some point, but they need feedback from um, yeah, end users and agencies that actually use those features. And we have we have those feedbacks, we, we use them ourselves, but we have customers that are agencies that yeah use this solution so we could provide feedback and that's what we're doing today. And of course we're, um, yeah, we're um, joining meetups, WordPress meetups and WordCamps and everything around that. But when it comes to core contribution in form of like coding and developing, we're not there yet. We're still a small company as well. Uh, so we have to kind of tackle, yeah, we have to kind of find out how many resources we can commit to this. Yeah. And how, how we, yeah, as a company, we still have to like, yeah, make money at the end of the day. And if we're just core contributing all day, we would not make money. Yeah. Either. This is for, for profit operations. So this is natural and you have to sustain the company from the paid activities. I wonder what's in front of you and what's in front of the, I mean, great in terms of the product development, what, what do you want to achieve in uh, or build in one year time, let's say let's put this let's say like a short uh, short-term goal what's the short-term goal for you um the short-term goal so the shortest term goal <laughs> to frame it like that is to get our full set editing feature ready 
where um, I, told, I told you um, we've just um, started um, a couple of weeks ago, we started our beta phase. So we have like the most, most of the solutions ready for our full set editing um, tool or full set editing version of our product. And we're right now testing it internally with our team, but also externally, we're having some customers who are who signed up for the beta phase and testing the product right now and giving us feedback. So we want to yeah get that finished and uh, um, release that into the public. And um, with that step as well, we've developed a full set editing theme, which is yeah kind of one of the things you have to do when you <laughs> build upon full set editing. And we want to release that into the repository. Um, because we're, um, as of today, right now, are not in the repository yet. Um, yeah, it was just not a, a good time and we didn't have the resources to go there because you still have to tackle like all the tickets that come to you, otherwise you will be downvoted and everything. So we decided not to go to into the repository too quick, too fast, and we want to go into there. And then, um, yeah, I've told, uh, I've told you we were focusing or we are focusing at the more complex and dynamic features to really manage entire websites and hundreds of websites um, at once. And we're not that heavy in the bling bling fancy front end stuff, for example. So when it comes to um, fancy animations in the front end to make your headline fade in from the side and blink and whatever and have... Um, we have um, a lot of uh, animations at the core, we have parallax effects and everything, but we're not that fancy when it comes to those bling bling um, solutions. And yeah, we wanna we wanna implement that as well because that's one one step we have to um, still do to yeah to be there where other solutions are as well. To be, I mean, Elementor for example or TV lets you edit like the content um, to make it really shiny and and everything. We wanted to focus on the functionality to, to be dynamic, to have a solid core. And now we're building like those fancy features on top. That's, yeah, that's where, where I see us in one year time. So at the repository, full set editing, 100% compatible with full set editing and having a lot of animations and fancy stuff as well. Sure. And for long-term goal, what's, what's the end game for great for the product? That is a really good question. Uh, you might speak to yeah, me. I said the stage, you know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the long-term solution, of course, it depends on where WordPress with the block editor is heading and where full set editing is heading. Um, yeah, but I see us, I see us with a, as a solution that really bundles a lot of things. Um, yeah, we, as I've told you, we we are. Um, yeah, we're having a lot of features. Um, we're having features that enable you to build everything dynamic. We're having features that um, en enhances the block editor. We're having features that lets you manage your websites across servers. We have features to build, yeah, other things like pop-ups, forms, and everything, and your own API and headless features. Um, where I see us in five on the long-term goal is where we have... Yeah, we are one solution where you can implement all those features from there and kind of customize your your great product uh, on the run, on the on the go. So, what I mean with that to just choose what you want to use from us and what you don't want to use from us. For example, um, yeah, those management solutions maybe just. Um, collect them from us and implement them into your WordPress site and don't have to worry about the block stuff, for example, or the form stuff or everything. So we kind of want to model, modelize or, um, yeah, to build everything in little blocks and 
um yeah but it heavily depends on where wordpress is going um but yeah maybe um i see some ways into a little bit of a headless state i think that's really interesting and bringing react to the front end is something that i've kind of dreamed of but um as soon as the block editor came around but that will be yeah kind of dependent on what wordpress is trying to do um yeah but basically just evolving and building those solution solutions that i've talked about um building better, better user experience to really make it uh, even easier to to manage all those hundreds of websites and distribute your content yeah those are like just some things but you could talk to um, my ceo or um about the long time vision and I'm not 100% sure what, I, what I'm what i allowed to do <laughs> as of today. Yeah, but, sure. This yeah. is, yeah. You have <laughs> to like, feel like it's it's not uh, like revealing too much to early. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, okay. I'm just I'm just um, placing some breadcrumbs um, here. But yeah, that's that's like kind of where we where we see the long term goal. But it depends on WordPress heavily because, yeah, as I've told you, your philosophy is to always be as close to the court as possible. But yeah, that means we're pretty dependent on what the core does. Um, which is a good thing. I, at the end of the day, we are of, of course obviously dependent on WordPress as a WordPress um, product. But yeah. And um, you mentioned that um, the full site editing from WordPress is nearly like uh, in the beta. In the beta, and this is part of a couple of steps that WordPress is going through. And Gutenberg was previous one. Uh, could you explain for our listeners what what are the steps which are already executed and which are uh, coming coming most early and what's still in front of us? So you mean um, for the WordPress full set editing version or our own full set, uh, our own beta version? Of no, it? no, I, I'm I'm referring to the to the WordPress core so what what's uh, what's the bigger strategy that you are also have to monitor closely to be as close as possible yeah the i think the or the goal from i mean i can only talk to you about what i know because i'm not obviously not um, from wordpress itself so i can just assume that this is the way or just dependent on the discussions depending on the discussions we're following um yeah the, the full set editing is still tagged as a beta version and um the current state is that you're as a developer are not really allowed to filter or to manipulate a lot of stuff um and that is by design and WordPress chose to do it because they're still not 100% sure how they want to implement some of the features. And what they're trying to do is, yeah, refine that global style system and refine full set editing to make pretty much every aspect of your website editable globally. So as of today, just to, to go back to an example, as of today, you're um, allowed to edit the typography of your headlines, links, and your entire website. You're allowed to edit your colors of your links, headlines, and everything. And you're also allowed to edit your colors of your buttons, but only the background color and the text color in one state. You're not allowed to edit the hover state, active state, uh, different types of buttons and everything. So um, they're trying to go in that direction. And if you think ahead, um, and think about what they're trying to, actually trying to do with the global style system. The global style system and full set editing itself, I mean, actually, to when you think one or two steps ahead, global styles makes you um, edit everything around the design of your website and your template editor makes you edit every layout aspect of your website and the blocker editor does as well. 
when you think back of what themes are trying to do. A theme is providing you with a solution that, yeah, pretty much defines the design of your site and defines the layout of your templates and of the different types of pages, for example, like your single page, archive page, search page and everything. And they may be giving you a lot of presets um, for those different types of contents. They're giving you patterns when you talk about classic uh, or about block themes and they're giving you different uh, templates for your pages when you talk about classic themes. But with the full set editing feature in Global Styles and a template editor, actually the user can build this all himself. So he can edit everything when it comes to the design with Global Styles. He can edit every asset inside the website um, with the template editor. So when you think about that, actually the user is some kind of a theme author itself. And what need is there for a theme inside WordPress um, when full set editing is ready to to actually edit everything about your website because then themes will be kind of irrelevant or when you think about the thing they're trying to do. I mean, I'm not saying that themes will get or WordPress will get rid of themes, but when you think about what a theme actually does, you can do that with the global style system. So what that means is every theme theme could actually rebuild every other theme. So you don't need a different theme to build a different looking website. You just need one theme and build everything with that. And that is what we're actually trying to do already. And I think WordPress is heading in that same direction. And then there's a question, what is happening to themes? Will there only be one theme? Will there be no theme? Will there be like just a couple, a handful of themes that gives you a starting point, but from then on you can just implement um, a style preset or a style variation because that's what Global Styles enables you to do. So those are the things that I'm really curious about and I think WordPress is heading in that direction to kind of get rid of themes in the way we think about themes today. Because there's still, of course, and obviously, and it's really important, there's still um, a niche or still um, the need for a professional desi designer to build a beautiful looking website. I'm not saying that there will be no use for that. I'm not saying the user, it is best to give everything in the hands of the user. I think that is usually not the best solution when it comes to really big projects. Um, but themes as we think of them today will be changing, maybe will be irrelevant and themes maybe will only be style variations of the same theme. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how that will shape out, but that is the thing where I think WordPress is heading. Um, that is one reason as well why we try to get on full set editing as soon as possible too. Yeah, we have a theme already, but with our theme in full set editing, you can actually rebuild every theme, pretty much every theme around there. So um, what use is there for a theme if, yeah, one theme enables you to build every theme you want. And that is like... And, and that one... Just to dig dig a little bit deeper into this, that one team would be starting point to move around elements and so on. Or why would you even need need a team? Because if if, if this is one to rule many, I mean one to rule them all, <laughs> it's like uh, just a starting point to 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 move into the direction of 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 uh, no code or low code uh, approach for for WordPress. Yes, this is this is a really good step into the no code or low code approach. Um, yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to say is 
I, I, I don't know what they are trying to do with themes. I don't know if they want to get rid of themes. They want to keep them as like a repository starting point. I'm not sure. But from a technical standpoint, if you think ahead, you wouldn't need a theme. You would not need it. It's just a, a style variation of the same of the same theme.json and the same um, basic template PHP files. So you wouldn't need a theme. I think WordPress will probably keep themes around for quite a long time because they kind of have to to be backwards compatible and everything. But from a technical standpoint, you wouldn't need because you would not really profit from that. And when I think about themes in the future, I think themes will be like a style variation as, as of today. Like, I mean, style variation is also already implemented into global styles. When you have a theme that supports style variations, you can browse some style variations, for example, having a red uh, looking website, a blue website, a black website with ed edgy buttons or a, a red website with rounded buttons. This are those are style variations. Actually, style variations is very close to what classic themes actually provided. Um, just a variation, a different looking website. So themes in the future might be just really well curated style variations that really look very nice and very professional because that's what designers do best and what theme authors do best. And but from a technical standpoint, I mean, theme authors wouldn't need to be able to write code. They would just create a really beautiful looking style variation and post that as a theme, basically. Um, and from a technical theme mm -hmm. standpoint, we wouldn't even need one. Yeah, so I, I wanted also to ask you about this low code, no, no code world, because with more and more tools that are doing heavy lifting for you, you as the end user, whether this is like a, let's say, content writer or content editor that has the job of also uploading the content or a marketer who wants to move elements on the landing page or a blog owner that wants to, for example, build a blog from scratch for their own purpose, um, we, we are moving into the world where this is done by the framework, by the environment. And of course, to some extent, you are able to do this on your own. I wonder, is it something that will get um, much more market share or it's like it will always fluctuate around what we have, what, what we have right now, where a lot of um, customers are building something out of like a ready package or ready team or buying teams and like adapting elements or rather in a way that you will be designing inside of a WordPress uh, editor, inside WordPress, you know, admin panel, let's say. Um, it's a really good question. It's hard to answer. So um, yeah, let's give you my opinion on that. Um, I think um, tools like Elementor, or even if you look outside of WordPress, or in the past, in the WordPress tools, there were like DV, there was even before there was WP, WP Bakery. But if you even look outside of WordPress, for example, when it comes to Webflow, when it comes to other tools that breaking those uh, code barriers. That's what, I'm, well, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're really successful at the moment. And for a reason, because they yeah break the code barrier, they enable pretty much everybody around there uh, in the world to build um, yeah code-based solutions to build websites with you. In the past, you could only build a website if you knew some kind of code to some degree. 
and um, they wouldn't be as successful if there's not a really huge demand on the market for that. So I think we will be heavily leaning towards no-code solutions. I think that will be um, that is the way WordPress will look in, inside the in the future. I, I really believe that, but um, there are some problems when you think about that, or I mean, some issues to still have to tackle and. That's what I, when I talked about themes and how we could get rid of themes, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming at as well. Because if you open up um, building websites for everybody, of course there will be, if there are more people who are building websites or who are able to build websites, there will be more creative and more creative solutions. There will be just the amount of websites that are really good and have a really good idea at its core will be bigger. But on the, so on the one hand, but on the other hand, there will be a lot of crappy websites as well because you're giving all those tools in the hand of non-professional users which is yeah kind of like the idea and it's a good thing but the quality will lack a lot in some some cases um yeah because there's just not a professional for example someone who studied design or studied um, marketing um it's not a professional building the website i'm not saying that this person is not good at this it could be a great designer even if he hasn't hasn't he or she hasn't studied it but there will be some fails as well maybe a lot of so and what i think um wordpress kind of needs to tackle or what will be a really good way to tackle this and the issues to solve is like um controlling which user and which user group has access to all those tools and i think this will be a re really really valuable step inside this whole no code process because when you have a really good system that can actually um, customize which users able to edit this and able to edit this um, then you have a really good no-code tool that it can actually um, yeah bring all those strength of all the people together and not have I mean if everybody can edit everything it will be kind of yeah mixed and really yeah not not um, as a straight solution that really um, tries to tackle one thing in one way so we have many different styles many different variations because you have many different people in the project so that is one thing that wordpress kind of has to do or that will be probably really really valuable valuable and you actually already seeing things like that you you're now as a developer can declare some blocks non-editable or non-movable or non-deletable and yeah that is those are the first steps when you think about yeah Going, going back where actually users cannot edit everything about across the websites because a lot of the user groups actually don't want that because of course you want to be added uh, you want to build your website your own as a designer without coding but to give it to a, your customer who actually has no idea about design and about code he can destroy a lot of things if you not prevent him from him or her from doing that so that I think be really interesting how we how we manage to do that and yeah yeah and and i notice a lot of initiative products and and companies um around no code movement and this doesn't necessarily mean building websites in a no code or low code version but also organizing um data or working with data uh working with integrations and organizing their business in a way that they are using um, software tools without necessarily understanding how to code 
and they are achieving great results with automations of different sorts to like power your your business if you want to set up the business you can use a number of low code tools in order to integrate your like uh, build one pager website in one tool integrate this with your crm integrate your crm with some kind of a newsletter for example and you you don't code where you a couple of years ago you had to code in order to use api and and uh, and use your api in one thing to fire up another thing so this is i also find this very interesting to see what future uh, will bring us also with uh, very far into the future what ai will change for for the life of developers uh, or low code um low code tools as well yeah that is that is really something to think about yeah um yeah it's a, i think it's really a great thing that you today can can kind of um, start a startup that is a tech-based startup and you don't even have to write a single line of code because you have all those no-code solutions that do that for you and to build a, f- a company based on those solutions you really shouldn't be able to write code i mean um if you if you're really good at something that enables you to build a, a company out of that you shouldn't be necessarily be able to write code i mean it shouldn't even be a thing um um to start with but but it always was and now we're actually kind of getting rid of this um and i think that's that's really a good thing and when you think about themes as well um, just to go back to the example, if you're a really good theme author, you basically kind of are a really good web designer and you don't necessarily have to be able to write code, actually. That's probably what you what you teach yourself to be a really good theme author because you had to. But actually, if you're just a really, really great designer without the ability to write code, then you should be in the future. And that's actually where WordPress will be, I think, a lot stronger. You should be a great theme author because you'll have actually all the tools and all the uh, things that you're, yeah, all the things you need for that. But also, yeah. I think it will be easier to be a great uh, theme designer, not necessarily a great designer per se, but a great website designer working on pre existing. Um, uh, elements or style guides or um, how to say uh, prerequisites that yeah, are already there and and you making use of them. Yeah, and when you think about it, it actually will be uh, better for most of the people because because you can actually focus on what you're really good at and don't have to yeah think about all the th- stuff that you need to do to be getting there. So you don't need to write any code. You don't need to worry about those uh, implementations. And everything you just can. Do what you're really good at design websites or design themes design assets and everything so no code and enables you to do that without worrying about all the yeah implementation and the technical part because that's what the tools are doing for you yeah and, and the 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 topic you mentioned i mean ai um what that does for developers as well i mean we're, we're seeing today how an ai i mean you've probably seen those image generators where you write a prompt and you get really great illustrations and images from that prompt alone. I mean, that will kind of reshape or that would really reshape the illustration business. Um, I mean, not really an expert in this, in all those businesses around there, but um, just when you think about it, if it's, if it's, uh, if everybody's able just by writing a prompt and maybe a style, he wants to have the illustrations in um, and already have an illustration or 
thousands of illustrations just with one click. You can just select them and building, yeah, website with it or um, entire illustrations and um, cover flaws for movies and everything. I mean, it kind of asks the questions, what do we need illustrators and everybody um, now, um, if you really think one or two steps further. But that's a dangerous and then really, it's a dangerous question. It's kind of like, is as, a, as an illustrator, if I were an illustrator as of today, I would be a bit afraid of what the software is doing. And I think, um, yeah, we're, we're seeing it with illustrations as of today, but even with uh, code and development, I mean, we're not that far away, I think, from AI actually overtaking humans in writing code and being better than humans in writing code and implementing solutions. So maybe, yeah, yeah in... There's already a GitHub Copilot, for example, for yeah. not for WordPress. Maybe it be, we we are testing this, by the way, but it wasn't working great for WordPress. But for the um, it's, the basis for its usefulness is the great uh, code base, and not so many WordPress developers are hosting on GitHub. Don't know why, but they are not. <laughs> but other technologies that are heavily reliant on uh, GitHub are 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 working uh, better than than WordPress. So it isn't also like the code is written for you, but you are the like you are the guide for 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 the copilot to fill in the blanks, for example, or do the uh, boilerplate for you the code that is written over and over and it's boring and not you know yeah not, i mean um yeah actually as a developer of today you're not doing all the stuff on your own anymore i mean usually you shouldn't um you using frameworks for pretty much everything you're using compilers you're using yeah um yeah beautifiers whatever you're using every tool that is out there to enhance your workflow and you're only focusing on building the the advanced or more complex um, functions and bringing everything together because yeah there the chances are there's probably a framework out there that does exactly what you're trying to do to achieve you just have to bring it together with what you what you already have so yeah actually as of today um pretty much automatic coding is <laughs> yeah we're, we're already doing it so it's not that far away from ai actually doing a lot of the things for us um but yeah, it will be kind of uh, kind of scary to see what AI will be able to do in a couple of. It actually is able to do a lot of things. You just mentioned it, but I think there are still some steps until AI really takes over and writes better code than most humans. I mean, there, there will be a point, I think, but we're not yet not there yet. So uh, as of today, but I have read today in one of the newsletters that one of the jobs that is already emerging and will be in a very high demand in a couple of years time in the future is that prompt writer so if you type this those prompts of you know i want this picture with a dad hanging over an old man or whatever those kind of prompts will it will be a job really to 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 and at least a skill sorry not a job a yeah, skill true, that true. you yeah. Have to master because this is exactly like uh, being able to quickly search something in the Google and the whole um, idea of our like uh, like teenagers that are mobile natives and so on. But being able to do everything with their phones 
and this is what our let's say parents are saying amazed what they are able to do i am not sure they are so um for example able to so quickly find stuff on google because th- this is not not uh, not the same thing to be uh, spending time on the phone versus making use of it uh, very fast for example yeah so what you mean is like we're we're a lot better at writing prompts into google than our parents were um yeah and when you think about the skill of writing prompts for uh, ai yeah we're we're not that familiar or we're definitely not growing up i mean we we too as people are not growing up with that technology already there but our children might grow up with that technology and they will be maybe they will be able to write really good prompts really easily because they grow up grew up with it and yeah that's actually a really interesting skill to be able to write really good prompts yeah and this is very close to programming this is very close to programming yeah true replicate this idea uh, like like a set of uh, of steps and you have to recreate this in a synthetic way so that this is easily understandable and repeatable repeatable uh, for the algorithm but enough about ai we have <laughs> digressed so far from wordpress uh, sorry about this <laughs> or no, maybe no, not sorry no, i enjoyed it's it really really interesting <laughs> yeah yeah me too it's really interesting when you think about all those things going on around wordpress and outside of wordpress i mean it's not the only thing <laughs> Jacob, I have also a couple of quick questions. This is an experiment for for the podcast, and uh, there is uh, so far nine of them, and this is this or that. So I will ask them and see what happens. So are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. All right. Question number one: Hosting or cloud? Mm, cloud. Meetup online or offline? Online. LinkedIn or Twitter? Twitter. Podcasts or books? Podcasts. Freelancers or agency? Freelancer? Oh, that's, I mean, there there's no context in those questions, but I would say um, probably yeah. freelancer, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can elaborate if you want. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, um, yeah, I can elaborate. Yeah, it's really hard to answer those questions because all the context is missing. Yeah, for some context, um, I was thinking a lot about the first question as well: cloud or hosting. I mean, depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build. This well, freelancer agency. I mean, I think the future will be a lot of more freelance based and i think it's great to be a freelancer but it also has a lot of risks and um, we had had a pandemic or still having a pandemic and um, a global crisis and everything and it is probably good to be in an agency as of today and was as of two years ago um yeah and and on the other hand i was really struggling with my answer answer podcasts or books because podcasts are great for like everyday use but i really enjoy reading books and if i um sit down in the evening maybe read a book i would not change that for podcasts um, because that's an entire different experience but if i'm on a on a suburban train or wherever um on my way to work or whatever i would always listen to podcasts but or when you when you think about vacation where i really want to get everything that is digital out of my way and just having like a 
really laid back experience, I will always switch back to books as well. So yeah, the, I mean, all the questions are, it kind of depends, but this is like what I'm leaning towards. Okay, yeah, so that's go fine, ahead. That's fine, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, okay, uh, four more to go. Uh, using plugins or avoiding pl plugins? Using plugins. Okay, multi-site or multiple sites? Multi-site. Headless or not? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, headless or not? Um, today not. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay, not. Okay. I mean, it really uh, it is really hard to. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm loving the headless aspect, and but headless aspect is basically just an API, and then the front end has to fetch everything. And if I'm really a developer and want to build like the um, best solution out there, I would choose the headless approach, but it depends on the company size as well. If you're really a big newspaper company, for example, it is really good to go headless because you can just distribute your content everywhere. If you're just a small um, company with just a simple landing page, you would not go to headless because the overhead you create is like really, really hard. And it depends on your resources as well. If you're really tech heavy and have a lot of developers, actually headless is a really good way to work with that. But if you're not having developers, then you will struggle with headless because basically for everything you want to change on your website, on your head, you kind of have to use a developer. Um, yeah. So sure. yeah, I'm loving the headless approach. Um, WordPress is not headless. Obviously you can make it into a headless solution. Um, yeah, from a from a business perspective, I would not go to headless. But from a, from a developer, I would I, I'd really like headless because yeah, I can use the framework I'm most comfortable with, and um, the the person or the people providing the content can use yeah headless CMS that really is good at providing content. Um, Perfect. Okay, and last one: uh, Gutenberg or classic editor? Gutenberg. That was an easy one. <laughs> yeah, that was easy. I, I knew the answer. <laughs> that was that was the that was the best of the questions. No, that was the. I didn't really have to think about that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and uh, we met last time a week ago on WordCamp uh, Rand. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, just to shortly wrap the the, the conversation up. Uh, maybe we can touch on the on the WordCamp. So how how did you like it? Oh, the WordCamp. Uh, it was really nice. It was actually. I mean, we've been to. Uh, well, I've personally been to three WordCamps today. As of today, I've been to Vienna um, um, earlier this year. Then I've been to the WordCamp Europe in Porto, which was yeah a really big event. Um, not really comparable to comparable to yeah. um, the Netherlands. S one. Same as me. I mean, yeah. I've been to the the, the same World Camps this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so those are all the workings I've ever been to. Um, and this one was really nice. It was really like a small um, community-based thing. I mean, the location was great inside the zoo. Um, I really liked Arnheim as well as a as a city. Um, really a green city, really refreshing. You feel kind mm -hmm. of not in a you're not really in a big city like I'm coming. I'm coming from Munich. It's really car heavy and yeah, that's that's like kind of a refreshing city. But when it comes to the work camp, yeah, it was really nice because there were like um, pretty much only professionals around there. It was kind of like a com community vibe, and you everybody you talked to was kind of deep into WordPress, and I liked the event. 
Um, I wasn't able to be at that much talks as I like planned to do because yeah, usually just um, starting to chat. Hallway track. <laughs> kind of, kind of, uh, yeah, hallway track. You kind of lose lose track of time and then you staying in the hallway and talking to people. So yeah, I cannot really say that much about the about the talks um, because I haven't been to that many. Actually, just three. Um, yeah, but it was like a, like a nice community feeling and it was. It was nice not being so crowded as, for example, Porto, which is which is a really good event too, but it's like entirely different. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, well, what so, was your feeling about the WordCamp in Netherlands? What is it? Very good. I was surprised, of course, by the venue, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there was it. It was interesting because no matter to to which um, ve- um, how do you call it like auditorium we went there was always this uh, very subtle animal aroma which is uh, which was pervade like 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 uh, like like there every, every time you wherever you went so this the, the, this was interesting i couldn't be on the second day unfortunately because of the bus driver strike that was announced on the first day and i had flight next day uh, in the evening so i had to go back you know more than two and a half hour to the ski pole and then wait in the queue so for me it wasn't it wasn't viable to stay on the second day with which i regret and i was a little bit surprised by the agenda and the main topic for it which was sustainability and it, it surprised me because i counted afterwards i counted there were five topics i mean five presentations regarding sustainability and this is th- th- this is surprising i mean th- there were four tracks and two days times four tracks so there was a lot of presentations obviously so this is also very very nice that there were so many mm, there was so much content available mm, but it surprised me that this was so heavy on sustainability i mean yeah i was Kind of surprised and not surprised because we have like um, we have a um, yeah a friend of us we work in close with she comes from the Netherlands as well and she's like really heavy on accessibility and sustainability and she already told us that yeah ex- especially in the Netherlands and everybody around that kind of the com- that part of the community is really focused on those things and I think that's really a trend that is as of now is emerging inside yeah the web enti- the entire web. Uh, actually not only wordpress but yeah it's it's a it's a way to make money i think at first because yeah to like provide sustainable solutions and more accessible solutions um first of all i think most people think of it like yeah okay a way to market ourselves or brand ourselves to make some kind of money but i think it's a really important topic to talk about for i mean accessibility obviously is um Obviously, we have to make like, or we will all profit from making our content and our websites and all the information we provide for the web to make them accessible for everybody. Um, but also sustainability. I mean, sustainability is not really a thing that is talked a lot, was talked a lot about in the recent years, and it's just right now emerging because, yeah, we as a as a tech industry, we're not. Um, producing products that are wrapped in plastics obviously we're not but at the end of the day we are yeah creating resources at a as a at a hosting company or yeah we are some kind of help yeah we are 
yeah, we're kind of accountable for that hosting companies get bigger and having more hosting centers and maybe those servers stand like in the middle of Africa and have to be um, cooled down um, by electricity and yeah, so we, we kind of have to think about how to be more sustainable as a as a whole business, but it's a really hard thing to be to to think about as an individual because just by you not having like one or having like three megabytes less on your website um, of data, it's like not really changing a lot. But yeah, that's what when you talk about sustainability, you as an individual have like and not yeah, really so this, a lot of power. But yeah, it was interesting that so many talks were were talking about this topic. Um, yeah, because I think the people that are at the WordCamp don't really have the power to change a lot when it comes to sustainability, except from marketing themselves as a more sustainable product or something. Um, but I think it's a really important thing to talk about and to obviously think about because we have some influence, obviously. Our, our footprint is not zero. Um, we have to kind of think about what, what how we can more, be more sustainable. Mm, yeah, I'm, but I have a problem that in order to make the website sustainable, which you more or less cannot, because it will always consume resources, and the only resources is are uh, it's electricity, and you have no control over what's what electricity the 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 warehouse sorry not the warehouse the the data center is using you can um yeah, you can select your hoster but in, that's pretty much the end of it yeah or, or build company. a pressure by uh, creating uh, creating whole set of incentives like green stickers big green stickers and certificates which uh, which is industry in itself and uh, prone to be like skewed uh, and this is this is something I have a problem with because in order to make to produce less uh, to use less electricity you have to optimize the website and it's already known science how to optimize the website or uh, do the CRO so uh, it's like re reinventing the wheel under the, the, the under different label and. And hey, I, I, I have a moral problem with it. Like, this is not why people are optimizing their websites. They are optimizing their websites because they want to have higher revenue, higher conversion rates and everything. Everything that's known for years of uh, using websites and doing uh, growth initiatives by marketing and sales teams of different companies. And if you are an owner of a blog, that's not so very often read. Your whole week effort of making your website website more sustainable is reduced or nullified by you watching one more episode on Netflix. So I I really I I'm not really buying the whole concept. I'm buying the fact that this is a side effect of making website, websites more performant, which is the good it's in itself, because you will have better experience as the end user. So this is what we were hearing three years ago, and now we are hearing it's not only this, but also carbon footprint, which I don't buy. I don't buy this really. <laughs> so I have this yeah. problem, uh, which I raised on one of the um, um, uh, presentations there. So. So yeah, but 
yeah it's it's kind of a, a rebranding um of the of the same thing i mean we've talked about PageBeat for the last couple of years because of yeah the reasons you've, you've just mentioned um and now actually the only thing you can really do to make your website more sustainable is optimizing your page speed and the resources that are consumed so to have like less or like um, less file size and less resources to be consumed by the visitors of the website yeah and i think the the thing or the power we have to change things or it's not really huge we cannot really change a lot yeah as you said as as soon as you watch one episode of netflix i mean that consumes a lot more data than your website probably does because your website is just a couple of kilobytes mega megabytes when you count all the images but um yeah <laughs> a movie on netflix is a lot more um, yeah, but I think I think it's an important task to at least talk about or think about. Maybe when you when it comes to selecting your hoster, and yeah, look at, having a look into where your hoster is actually having all their servers and their data centers, and maybe that's something you have actually you have control about, but you can control off. But yeah, everything else, yeah, you could maybe yeah reduce the amount of resources you're using building a website, but that's not really changing a lot, and it's kind of a rebranding of the same topic in some kind of way it's just now yeah it's just now we're just now talking about sustainable and we were talking about page speed yeah. before yeah yeah and i don't um, i don't uh, say this is a problem that we are using less resources what i what i have a problem with is that by it, it's like losing the focus and um thinking that you are doing something when you are doing nothing. So if, if you get a green sticker, it won't change uh, much, but you will think that you, you accomplished something, whereas you didn't really accomplish anything just because you slightly reduced your, uh, your, your carbon footprint. And uh, because I think this is either going into the millions of websites so that the millions of websites should be um, optimized by a couple of percents and number big numbers will make the the change or big um, big websites which aren't so many that are hand handling million of users on a monthly basis of traffic and then it would mean regulating them so making uh, enforcing some kind of regulations to make uh, uh, to make them passing like uh, dishwashers, uh, like energy energy certificates, like dishwashers or cars or 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 any uh, other el electronic equipment that has to pass certain um, certain grade, and this this would be highly like um, limiting possibilities for expressing of the. Mm, or the, or the of, you know of the companies or mm, business freedom of what you want to do on the website so I, I have this mixed feelings because um, this is a very important topic to reduce carbon footprint and I, I agree wholeheartedly what I resent is the narrative that you can do a couple of tweaks and fix fix the problem so yeah, because I agree. Really yeah. diverting the diverting the attention and letting you think there are shortcuts to do some important stuff. There are no shortcuts, no. and this is the the the, the this <laughs> the, the narration 
it's not yeah. something I can I, agree with. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, that's really your problem. I mean, yeah, it's a really important topic, but to like give you the idea of having shortcuts to actually reduce your footprint significantly is, yeah, it's, it's not working that way. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think um, with with the World Camp, uh, short World Camp info uh, relation, we, we can uh, wrap this up. And uh, Jacob, is there anything you'd like to add or we didn't touch uh, upon during our conversation? So is there anything you would like to add or say something I didn't ask you about? <laughs> oh, no. Mm, let me think. Um... No, I, just, I would just recommend everybody to think about how they're using their website and what tools they're using to um, build their website and how dependent they are on their tools they're using. Because, um, yeah, I, I see some changes in the whole business of WordPress and we see Elementor with products like Elementor Cloud and we see, we probably all know that at some point Elementor is forking WordPress and moving away from WordPress. So I'd, I would encourage everybody to think about what kind of solutions you're using to building your website. How dependent are you on that, on those solutions? And yeah, how you are planning to be ready for yeah whatever comes to WordPress. I mean, we've talked a lot about different pathways WordPress could probably go, but we're not sure, we cannot know. Um, yeah, but I would just encourage of, yeah, thinking about how you build your website at its core and how you planning on maybe rebuilding a website or not rebuilding just tweaking a little thing something about your website i was just encouraging everybody to think about that and yeah maybe go to a website and try our beta version of full set editing i mean it's, <laughs> it's really a lot of things going on there as well um yeah but right. yeah that's some closing thoughts from myself all right Thank you, then. Thank you very much, Jacob, for having the time to record today and for a very interesting conversation with you. And mm, good luck with building great. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you a lot as well for having me here. I hope I was not too technical. Uh, I might be at some point, but yeah, I hope that's that's fine. I hope everybody could follow me and or at least uh, to some degree. Yeah, and I hope it maybe gives you a little thought process of what maybe to do a bit differently and yeah I was really glad being here and yeah hope to see you around at the next work camp probably I guess exactly yeah <laughs> Italia this time I guess yeah yeah <laughs> all right so see you then see you take care if you like what you've just heard don't forget to subscribe for more episodes on the other hand if you've got a question we haven't answered yet feel free to reach out to us directly just go to awesomestudio.com forward slash contact. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode of the Awesome to Know podcast.